get in the car. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. Party of Four, Champions Edition. <laughs> That's what it is. Ben Hutchison alongside Andy Michelson. Hey, and, and we brought in a champion today. A bocce ball champion, Nicole Jure, our own LPGA teaching professional. You're coming off the big staff party bocce win. How are you feeling? I am excited to have my name on that trophy. little jealous because my team, assistant pro Bobby Schmelter and myself, came in second. But if you're going to lose... Oh, I didn't know you guys lost to them? Yes. If wow. you're going to lose, you want to lose to the team that wins it. What was the score? Like 12-8, 12-7, something. So not close. It was, for a little bit, it was back and forth. After they jumped out to a lead, we came out, took a lead, like 5-4 or something, and then they kind of just, they did the old stomp on the throat and uh, stop any momentum we had. And Nicole had some clutch shots. She was partnered up with the Tavern GM, Bill Clausen. So. Yeah, I think the key was we stayed focused for till the end of the match. Well, where did we lose focus? That was somewhere right around that 7-6 mark. But it was probably my partner, Bobby, who lost focus. You guys didn't well, dip in the seltzers early or what? I, I, we, I, yeah. Yeah, just a good, I, good I had the seltzers early and I leveled keel. out perfectly there to rise for the occasion for that go. last yeah. match. Well, congratulations. Well, uh, we do have you in here for a big reason. You had a heck of a weekend at the Senior LPGA Championship down in Kansas. Is there anything in Kansas other than uh, the golf course you played at? Uh, <laughs> nothing. I went to three movies. <laughs> three movies? Three movies. I, I you went had to Top Gun three times? I, I should have. You didn't go see Top Gun? I you saw, saw three movies? I saw three movies and I saw Top Gun, yes. Oh, you did see Top Gun. What were the other movies you saw? Uh, Elvis and uh, I can't remember the third one. Let's see, some Marvel movie. Which one would that be? Oh, I don't know. I think terrible. a new one just the came Doctor out. Doctor Strange. Yeah, I don't know. Blah. It was, it was okay. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, this was pretty good, but uh, Top Gun was awesome. Top yes. Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> I think we talked about that on here. I left the movie theater on that. I was like, USA patriotism, like we're the best. Yeah, is my awesome. takeaway, and it was just so high energy and explosive, if you will. <sighs> this could be a movie review. It's podcast. gonna chase down. It's kind of chasing down Titanic, I think, all the time. It's up there. I nice. believe it. It it was it inspired me to play great golf. Honestly, like you know, just hey. never give up. Right, just keep on you know like grinding it. out there. I like it. Yeah. So let's talk about the tournament because you had an amazing tournament, and you started off the right way the first round, and you finished top fifteen, tied for fifteenth. So there's that. So take us through the tournament. Day one, weather, temperatures, day two, take us through it. So day one, uh, it was hot, very, very hot and no breeze at all. So very scorable conditions. Um, Fantastic golf course, Salina Country Club. Uh, Tree-lined, small greens, a lot of chipping and putting, you're not hitting the green, but if you hit the green, you have a birdie attempt because the greens are not big. What type of grass would that be? Is it zoysia uh, fairways? No, bent. Zoysia fairways, bent grass greens. Get out of here. Yep. Dang. 
tries to do bent grass in Kansas. Yeah, hmm. they were uh, very. They were starting to get dry because the, oh, yeah. it was it was really hot. They said that um, two weeks before the tournament, they were having some trouble um, with. Uh, with the grass on the greens. Oh yeah, and and then they had like a few days of rain, and then so the the conditions were perfect for the tournament. Mm. Um, ben, if you've never hit off zoysia, which I probably assume that you haven't, it is the most special fairway grass. It is like hitting off of a mat. It is perfect. The ball kind of sits up in the air. Oh. It, 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 it is. It's it like hitting off grass, a mat. It puts bank grass to shame. It is so good. Then why so does good. everyone complain about hitting off mats? <laughs> Next yeah. question. I don't know. I don't know why they complain about that. It's <laughs> it's good to practice perfect lies so you can right. get your swing better. That's yeah. what Zoysia is, man. That thing just sits on the tee. It's awesome. Sorry. I, you shot under par. I did. I shot under par. And it could have been even more. Like, I played really solid. It was awesome. Because weren't you tied for fourth after day one? I think I might have been tied for fourth. I shot yeah. three under. I was tied for fourth with a lot of big names and... Um, I was in a good spot and I, I, you know, I stayed pretty much up there all week. I, I, I would have liked to finish better than the 15th, but, um, you know, top four is a good spot to be. And I was trying to do the same thing the next day. So, um, but the next day was super, super windy. Thank goodness it was windy because 106 degrees was the temperature. Actual, that's crazy. Actual temperature. If, if if there wouldn't have been wind, I don't know if I would have made it. (laughs) So it was super hot and, um, but you know, I prepared, drank lots of water and ate the right amount of food. And, um, and with the wind being up like it was, even par was, was actually pretty good. Yeah. Cause it really wasn't that much movement on the leaderboard. Definitely in day two. She took the lead. Yeah. She was leading for that little, uh, little bit of time. That was awesome. We're like, oh my god, or just watching it like texting yeah. back and forth. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. That second day I played so good. And then I and I and I had a, a, a number 10, 11, and 12. I hit it about six feet or less on 10, 11, and 12, and didn't make any of those three putts. And and then I don't know what happened after that, but then I started not hitting the ball as well, but I got up and down from everywhere, so everything was fine. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Now Run us through, because this was a big thing we talked about with John. You know, all of us don't really play in practice as much as we'd like. We all like to be competitive, and we all think we're we're still very competitive in any tournament or field we get into. But we're kind of a couple of the days leading up to it um, as far as preparation for that event. Yeah, so um, flying out Top there. Top gun, we laid out top gun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> flying out there, I was thinking, okay, Hopefully my game is ready because I really didn't practice right. much. I mean, I chip with the kids a lot, demonstrate putting a lot. I do putting contests with the kids a lot. So I would say my short game, if anything, was probably the most prepared. Uh, ball striking, you know, I don't hit a lot of golf balls. When you teach all day, I my body's tired at the end of the day. And hitting golf balls is probably not the best thing to do when you have a tired body or a tired mind. So I don't normally ever practice after I play or after I teach all day. Um, but I've been trying to play at least once a week mm-hmm. in preparation for this event. And then on Sunday, I played and practiced before I left, um, which was really helpful. And so I felt pretty prepared going out there. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't wear myself out at the same time while I was in Selena. Because back on the tour in the day, back in the day, a long time ago, um, 
I would practice way too much and wear myself out. And, yeah. and so learning, you know, everything's a learning experience. And so I knew to pace myself. And so I practiced just enough. I played just enough where I knew I would have good energy for, for three rounds of golf. I, I talked about last time too. I would fall in a trap <clears throat> sometimes when, I mean, not even close to your level, but like when I was playing mini tours, I'd fall in a trap of watching other players and trying like do what they do. And it's like, you got to understand yourself and, and what you do, right? Did you kind of fall in that trap a lot? Same thing. Yeah. My first bunch of years on tour, I'm watching what everybody else is doing and I'm trying to do what they're doing. And if you're trying to do what everybody else is doing, you're going to be practicing like all day long. Yep. And I was exhausted by the time the tournament started and I didn't know I was exhausted. I just thought, mm-hmm. you know, this so, is what everybody else is doing, isn't it? Yeah. My side story would be I, I traveled with two guys, um, Scott Piercy, who's obviously very successful on tour now, uh, got second last week, and another guy by the name of Larry Correa. They're teammates at San Diego State. The three of us traveled together, staying in hotels together. Scott was a, I'm going to hit balls for eight hours a day, and Larry was a, I hate hitting balls, let's go play golf type of guy. So, like, initially I was watching Scott and doing everything Scott was doing, missing cuts. And then I started practicing with Larry and I started actually making money. And I'm like, I'm going to start doing this instead of that and understanding kind of how you best respond and best prepare for the tournament. Because that's really what it is. I mean, if you're not one of those people that like kind of get prepared best by being on the range, then don't do it. Like don't follow everybody else. Do what do it you do to, to make your mind in the right spot. So it's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Brit- Brittany Lincecum, she's a player. She plays. Play, play, play. Yeah. She'll go to play another golf course. Yeah, you won't find her practicing very much. That's Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson was like that back in the day. He would when uh, the Western was here in town, and you'd be like, "Why is he going to play Chicago Golf Club on a Wednesday before the the uh, uh, Western Open over Kai Hill?" Two completely different golf courses, right? But he was just a player, just like to play, hit shots, feel shots. He, he said that playing courses like that opened up his imagination better, so it kind of better prepared his head for even a course that he wasn't playing, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. So everybody's different. You have to find what works for you. And what works for you was uh, immediate turnaround after that tournament to get back here to play in the Illinois women's open, the Phil Cosen Illinois women's open. We host every year and love that event. Why was it important for you to rush back, you know, play on the home course here? Cause I scheduled it wrong. I didn't schedule it according to Nicole's schedule. <laughs> I made that request back in January. Just saying. Blame other outings. They were on other weeks. But there's only so many spots you can put the Illinois Women's Open. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand. I'm just happy I was able to make it back for the event. I mean, my home golf course, the members really wanted me to play. I want to play. It's a tournament on my home course. I've played the Illinois Women's Open just about every year that I possibly could. And, um, you know, I still think I can win it again. I really do. You've won it twice, right? Uh, I've won it twice. I've lost in a playoff twice or maybe even three times. When was the last time you won it? 2001. It's been a while. We have that somewhere. I think it was last year we were talking about you were trying to win in three different decades. Yes. Was what we were talking about last year. Oh, gotcha. So that's awesome. I mean, that just shows that you've played competitive golf and you've been competitive and you've kept your game up to be able to be in contention, which is cool. And I mean, this last weekend proved it too with hall of famers all around you. And that's gotta be pretty special just to know you're playing at a good level. It it's awesome. I'm, I'm very happy that I'm still able to play good golf and I'm still hitting the ball 
almost as far. And my chipping and putting is actually really good. My ball striking is what probably needs a little bit of help. Um, and so. Uh, we were talking about yesterday when we were sitting here doing a staff party and we're like, this is why golfers are crazy. She literally thought like, and, and we were talking about it, like there's a couple of a putt goes one way, a shot goes one way. And you seriously, you could have won that tournament, even though you finish however many back and tie for 15th. But let's say something happened different in the middle of that second round. You make that putt on 10, 11, and 12. Let's say you're up two, three shots. What does that do to your competitors? What does that do to the other players? What does that do for your own confidence? You know, golf's just a, such a fine, fine line. It's a fine line. The ball bounces one way to change the entire hole for you, which changes the entire course of the tournament. And yeah. your mindset, other people's mindsets, you just, it, just, you don't know. I mean, the last day I actually, the front nine, I played like a rock star. I birdied the first hole and the bogeys that I made were perfect were shots aggressive in my bogeys. mind yeah. and they didn't end up perfect. Yep. And I made a bogey, a, two, a couple of them. And then I started questioning my, my choices and club selection and, you know, had those shots gone right, I may have continued to play differently. I, who knows? Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. I think I think some of my best rounds usually have a couple of bogeys in there because it means you're still aggressive. Like if you have a round where it's like seven, eight birdies, and two bogeys, and the score the number's pretty good, right? Yes, could have been better, but it still means you're aggressive and confident throughout that round. I think that's I think it's like a healthy healthy amount. And I think. A perfect example of golf just being a crazy, weird game and how things flow. Yesterday in the Illinois Women's Open, it was like three under, three under, two under, one under. And then the winner, Jarvie Boonshant, just took over on the back nine. She finished seven under for the tournament. The next closest was even. So she was the only one to finish there. Nicole, you finished tied for 25th. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I Next think uh, that might be my better? worst finish ever in <laughs> Illinois Women's Open. However, I, I I expended all of my energy in Kansas in the senior LPGA. <laughs> I mean, I believe me, I tried a hundred percent every yeah. single shot, but yeah. I just I think I was just pooped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not young anymore. I mean, good thing I chipped and putted pretty good. Because the score could have been even worse. <laughs> no, you just wanted to let some of these other golfers have That's their fair. time yesterday. So we actually did catch up with Jarvi after the tournament, and here's what she had to say. So this is my first time playing this event, and I really love it. Like the golf course are in very great conditions, and the field are like strong. And um, I just enjoy every minute that I play here this year, this week. Um, I mean, it's definitely boosts my confidence up, and um, this golf course obviously is not as easy as the score may look like, so um, I think it's a very good practice for me, especially when I have like um, an Epson tour coming up this week. So um, I really appreciate that I get to play here um, before my tournament in Battle Creek. And what's crazy about her literal journey here is she arrived from Thailand on Sunday, she had never played this course before. She plays on the Epson Tour. Yeah. But she arrived on Sunday, hmm. turned around, played Monday and Tuesday, and you get a, a check at the end of the tournament. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. That's really good play. And she played at yeah. Duke, so she actually finished up last year at Duke. And now yeah. she's uh, headed to Battle Creek for a 
Epson tour event. Fabulous. So she's going to be on the LPGA probably next year. Yeah, I was a little surprised that we didn't see more girls wander down because that that has happened in the past. And I think something we we probably need to do a better job of is connecting with that Epson tour. We used to get some more girls because what would happen is you'd have a lot more events in that Midwest. And now there's only just the one in Battle Creek. So we were trying to pair it with that that event this week and just to get some more more, uh, professional talent here. But um, yeah, it, it was a Actually, from the amateur standpoint, really strong field. Yeah. Really strong field in the amateurs, but pro comes out on top and has the second largest margin of victory, right, ever. So that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, just behind uh, nine strokes, I believe, was the largest margin of victory. And was it 2014, 2015? It was around there. Uh, the Madison-Peterson year? That was 2015. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Well, we'll do it again next year. Hopefully the scheduling works out with the Senior LPGA Championship at Illinois Women's Open. I hope so. Nicole's going to be full energy, aiming at the top of the leaderboard. Is there any like exemptions if, let's say, you would, would have finished in like the top five in the Senior LPGA into the LPGA Championship? No, there's not. Um, that sounds like something that could be brought up. With, yeah, that should with, be. With that's the what, LPGA. Now, that, that sort of makes some sense, doesn't I, it? I thought when you like when you said, oh, man, I, I wish I was one shot better, because one shot better, I think, would have put you at T10. Tied for eighth. Or tied tied yes. for eighth. So I was thinking, like, oh, man, maybe that maybe there's a top 10 exemption for the LPGA championship. But then you're like, no, nah, I just want to make more money. I'm like, oh, I get that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, too. That's fair. <laughs> no, one thing one thing that was glaring for me, which we know obviously it, it's it's a lot of talk in sports about the exposure of men's sports versus women's sports. And in this case, I was very upset because I wish there was TV coverage of this. There wasn't. There has been in the past. They've had stuff in the past. But Nicole's up there. I'm like, man, they gotta get this on the golf channel, this other stuff, so we could get highlights of Nicole, because she would have been right in the thick of it all. And we would have had some awesome highlights, but just the coverage of it, I was kind of disappointed. There were even like a streaming online option. I was looking. I looked, and we had people asking because we had all of the fans of Nicole and Mistwood like, hey, where can I see this? So, Yeah, I there were so many people asking for at least some stream online, yeah. I'm, but there was nothing. And with Annika and Kari Webb playing we're in the field, each other Laura out. Davies, yeah, bam, I mean, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. you would think that they would do some sort of coverage for that because yeah. people would be watching them for sure. And if not them, they just like to watch women's golf because a general amateur can relate to our game much easier than any anybody else. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, one of our members, Dave, followed the second to last group yesterday, and he's like, I don't miss this ever. He's like, I love scoring ever since I've been able to do it the last three or four years. He's like, it's a master class on how to score. Like, I don't really hit it that much different distance-wise than, than the girls, and he's like, they're just showing me how to actually score well. So, I mean, it's you're totally right. I think the the amateur can relate to hitting it to anywhere between – 220 and 260 off the tee and and you you girls it's definitely show everybody how to get done yep that's that's exactly what we do and even though we're older we still hit it and like i played with julie inkster and she's 61 and she's she's hitting it 240 250 and it it's awesome what's that like what's that like like playing with the hall of famer like that What, what does she do that's different like when you talk about the fine line of golf the fine margin of golf What's she doing that's a little bit different than you? You're talking about a Hall of Famer versus good career in Nicole Dre, but like there's that fine line. You guys are right there. What is that fine line, do you think? 
It's, it's really similar. I'll tell you, I, I mean, Julie is awesome. She's more consistent. She's more confident. She's, um, she doesn't make many mistakes at all. And if she does that, you can bet that next hole, she's having an opportunity for birdie. Hmm. I, you know, I'm a little bit more misconsistent, but you know, everybody's a little different. Um, you know, with her experience, I think it's easier to have a lot more confidence and, you know, yeah. but, but you could, in like game to game, you don't see much difference. Yeah. That's, that's how I put it. It's, it's, it, it's confidence. It's, yeah. It's gotta, I mean, it's a huge part of it from a talent perspective. It's everyone's probably pretty close to the same playing field. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. Annika and Kari are, are a little bit, you know, they're right. well, Kari's only 45 and that helps. And, you know, Annika's the same age as me, but she's in great shape. Kari Webb's only 45? Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking that up. Maybe 46, but. Hold on. Really? Yes. What takes them to the next level? Because you're already at a high level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the more that those girls are playing, yeah. they're going to, you know, keep continuing to get to a higher level though they've both been playing on the LPGA the past bunch of weeks. So they were much more prepared than all of us, uh, teaching pros. My phone must've been listening to us because it just gave me like everyone kind of in that same strata. Kari Webb, 47, Attica 51. Ooh, a sneaky one. Pretty soon. Christy Kerr is 44. Ooh. So Christy Kerr is going to be coming out next year for the senior LPGA championship. 62, Julian Inkster. Laura Davies is 58, still wears the exact same clothes as she did over the last 30 years. She looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. Same, like, sleeveless vest thing. Yep. Same, she, like, and her thing. demeanor is exactly the same. Her personality, she hasn't changed one iota. And huh. she's another one that doesn't practice. She just plays. Play, play, yeah. play. Does she do still do that thing where she hits the tuft of grass and puts the ball up on top of it? Yes, she does. That's, that's I remember you talked tunes. about that. Yes, because I played with her last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She still does it. Hmm. That's so cool. Lorena Ochoa is 40. That makes me feel old. <laughs> Jane Stevenson, she's still alive, 70. All right, all right, all right. All right, well, I want to ask you, Is it's a question I get a lot because being on the marketing side, people will, you know, they'll ask about lessons or, you know, who's the best for me? What's your approach to a new student before we finish this whole thing? What's your approach to a new student like, what do you want to work on? Like, how do you approach a swing you've never seen before? So the new students, they have to understand how to hold the club correctly, how to uh, set up correctly. And then I try to get them to swing naturally and as simple as possible. Because they don't need a lot of swing thoughts in their head. And the more natural, more athletic someone can swing in a natural motion the easier the game is because we complicate it too much by being so technical with everything that we do. But if you hold the club correctly in the fingers and are set up correctly, then you have a better chance to swing the club in a natural motion effortlessly. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> everything I've ever heard, everything I've ever heard is simplify the game, the swing, yeah. the mind, the process. Yeah, I'm, like the, I'm still working on you know, it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the greats ever that have taught this game, Butch Harmon and you know guys like that. I've heard gas, I've heard gasp, which is grip, aim, stance, grip, aim, stance, posture. Hear all those guys talk about it. That is always like you're saying is the first step. Make sure the grip's right because that is your connection piece with the golf club. 
um, the aim, you have to be aiming in the, in the proper way and, and then understanding where the ball's at in your stance is, is extremely important. The one cool thing I like that I've incorporated a little bit too is, is like what Jim Flick used to do where, it, where he actually has the students hold the club head. If they've, never, if they've never hit a ball before, hold the club head and say, if I want the ball to go left, which way would I need that club head to turn through impact? Like this, and they pull the club head to the left the right and up and down. So it's understanding how the hands work in relation to make those things happen. I thought, I think that's a really cool way to, to convey that too, but it's a little bit more kind of, I would say next level after the grip, understanding how the head works and how the hands incorporate in order to make that head work. So most rewarding thing about teaching, whether they're the youngest of young or someone that's picking up the game in their sixties. When they, have fun and smile. It's so rewarding. And whether it's because they got the ball in the air or they're just having a good time, um, it's that that they're smiling is the most rewarding thing for me. And, of course, if they play great. Worst lesson you ever gave? <laughs> when I have gave them too many things to think about. Bingo. That's good. Yeah. I, I, they leave and I'm like, oh, my God, I gave them way too much <laughs> What was I thinking? You're like, they're screwed for the next week until the next lesson. Still going to come back, though. They got that five-pack. They got to come back. No, that's awesome. All right, I think you got to get to a lesson. We're running out of time. Lightning round. But lightning round, All right, real quick. All right, Nicole, here we go. Ice cream, cake, or cookies? Cookies. Favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms. Oh. Oh, I'm out. I don't like I'm mushrooms. Out. You're I'm getting out. your own pizza, Nicole. Yep. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Snow or water balloon fight? <laughs> water balloon fight. We actually had a water balloon fight last night. Mm-hmm. All of us. That was fun. Pancakes or waffles? Eggs. <laughs> to eggs? I guess. Aren't they the same thing? I guess pancakes, different. but... I like, no, I like eggs. I think eggs are, I mean, you got pancakes kiss. and waffles put me to sleep. I, yeah, I kind of agree that. with that. Like pancakes, Something, and, yeah. pancakes and donuts fall in that same category. Like, you know, they're just terrible for you. It's just fried. Yeah. Like Jim Gaffigan talks about it. It's just fried dough with syrup on it. Like, you know, it's terrible for you. But anyway, go ahead. Tea or coffee? Coffee. You're a big coffee drinker? Big coffee. I love a nice <laughs> cup of coffee. I was going to say two tournaments back to back. Probably had some coffee in there too, right? You go black oh, yeah. or what do you I, what? What's your what's uh, your go to? A little black? bit of bl- little cream, dark roast with a little bit of cream. Ugh. I go to Starbucks quite often during the middle uh, of the day. It's like gravel. All right, go ahead. Sorry, I had travel by plane, car, or boat. Oh, plane! It's of course. I mean, boats like if you're hanging out in the summertime, car just takes a while. <laughs> so yeah, plane. And then the last one, I don't know. Do you even have time to watch TV shows or streaming shows or? Anything at all? I, I, I don't watch much TV. <laughs> I have two TVs in my house, but they don't go on very often. But um, I like dramas. Okay. So. Um, Even yeah. shows back in the day, anything you just really like. Well, I like House and. Nice. Uh, oh, that's, nice. Yeah. That was a good show. Yeah. yeah, I kind of like doctor stuff. Um, oh, I, I like like uh, like the CSIs, CSI yeah. shows. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Did you like ER back in the day? Loved ER. Yep. Interesting. But did yep. you get into Grey's Anatomy? Because that was like 800 seasons yeah, of that. Yeah, a little bit of Grey's Anatomy, not as much. I liked ER, more drama. More drama, less romance. Yeah, the <laughs> romance uh, is not 
why I watch them. Hey, doctor, what are you doing over there? (laughs) (laughs) I got this patient. I can't go on the date. Yeah. All right, Nicole. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much for joining us. We could keep talking. We'll have to have you on later in the season just to go really into the teaching and the aspects of the things you do. We're proud of you. What do you got coming up? You got any tournaments coming up? I do. I have a Legends Tour event in Minnesota. There we go. There you go. Yep, Mystic Lake in Minnesota. It's like in 10 days or so. Oh, Yep, and so that'll be a really good preparation for the Senior Women's Open at the end of the month. Is that like the fifth, sixth weekend or whatever around there? Um, Somewhere around that. Yeah, last week of August, I think, is the Senior Women's Open at at NCR in Dayton, Ohio area. Oh, good one. Treeline Fairways Good again. One. I am licking my chops. NCR is a national cash register company. Mm-hmm. Created that golf course. Didn't know that. Fun fact. I was ready to drive down to Kansas, by the way. Yeah, we were. I was texting Andy, like, when are we loading up? Would you call it dog piling? We're going to yeah. dog pile this thing and go. Frank's like, I got to work at Mistwood. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy and I were ready to hit the road. I was like, if she's in like. First or second think, here, yeah, and the, yeah, I, I don't know what the, the threshold was, like, was. The threshold was probably first or second. <laughs> we were probably gonna dogpile into the car and go. It was nine hours and forty five minutes oh, to drive you it. Googled it. Yeah, awesome. we were. Yeah. I mean, I thinking about it. Well, that's what I thought about last year. Was it what French Lick? So it'd be like, okay, we could drive out there in reasonable amount of time, like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was ready. I'll stay ready. That's I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I really appreciated all the support that I got from Mistwood. Cool. I mean, I can't tell you how many text messages I received and all the things on Facebook that were posted everywhere and phone calls. It's crazy. And that, that support that I get from everybody I, really inspires me to play better golf. Hey, Nicole, so. congratulations on playing great. Uh, what are you doing next Tuesday? Can I still get a lesson? <laughs> I had a few of that yeah, as exactly. well. Oh, man. <laughs> After you get a good night's rest, then yeah. come and teach me. All right, we'll end it on that. So thank you for joining us. You've been extremely busy. Please, please get some sleep and uh, rest up and enjoy the teaching around here at Misswood. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nicole. As for everything else, we will see you next time. Get in the car. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.